Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, scumbags. This is the Scummy Mummies podcast. With your hosts, Ellie Gibson and Helen Thorne. Welcome to the Scummy Mummies podcast. It's me, Helen Thorne. And it is me, Ellie Gibson. Ellie, I'm thrilled. We've got a You're Scottish... always thrilled. What now? What now? You're we never did. not thrilled. It's exhausting. What is it? <gasps> We've got the wonderful Jenny Colgan here today. Oh, well, I'm thrilled as well. Yes, she's she's like a multi-million selling author, mother of three, uh, ex-stand-up comedian, so I read in, a, in an article... Well, can we discuss that? Yeah, <laughs> I drop that in. I drop that in. And just an all-round excellent person. Wonderful, brilliant books. And she's written Doctor Who books as well. What can't she do? My goodness. What can't you do, well, Jenny Corbyn? that comedy. <laughs> fairly conclusively proved <sighs> to me. I oh. loved reading it. I loved reading about you yesterday and listening to your books. Uh, book that I... On audiobook. But I, I love that, that you were very open about you like, nah. No, I gave it a go, stand-up comedy. What 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 happened? What went wrong? Not that we enjoy hearing tales of other people <laughs> failing at something we try very hard to do or anything like that. We're just out of interest. What went wrong? Well, you know, it was the 90s and, you know, comedy was kind of rock and roll and stuff. But it was still, I mean, really, it was very much the era of we've got a woman on the bill kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And it was just... And I, also, the other thing is I wasn't very good at it. And lots of people start out not very good, but they love doing it. You know, they get a mm. massive... So oh, yes. I started at the same time as, well, Shappy and I started at the same time. Jimmy Carr was starting out. You could just tell these people on stage, if they were having a good night, it was brilliant. And if yeah. they were having a bad night, well, it was someone else's fault. Whereas, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just hate... It was like being dragged on. But I wanted to be funny. And do you know, I meet all the time now people that would like to be a writer without actually writing any books. And I think I was like, that was stand-up. I loved it. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought it was amazing. I just really didn't want to do it and so I was not very good and the last and you know it was still kind of you know shows your tits you know but the last the time I thought oh for god's sake I was at um one of the south london clubs doing a five minutes with a thrust stage I can't remember which one it is and there was someone sitting there and 
uh, their phone just at the side of the stage. Their phone, it didn't go off, in which case, as a comic, you're meant to do stuff about it. It just vibrated. And he wasn't at all rude or offensive. He just picked up and as quietly as he could, my feet whispered into it, uh, I'm just watching a really shit comic up here in five You know, the happiest thing, I remember when I got my book deal, I phoned the, I very politely phoned the clubs I had. Oh, and the other thing is, I used it because actually I was a medical administrator. Um, so when, But then when I was applying to agencies, I wrote, you know, I'm a stand-up comedian. And of yes. course that made them read it rather than being a freaking medical receptionist. And um, so... Well, so two things happened. So one, they read it, which was great. Mm. Two, I phoned up the gigs to cancel them because I was polite. And they kind of went, well, you know, we can't reboot you again. I was like, that's fine. It's gonna you. Go. And I had, this is so 90s, I had quite a good Tamara Beckwith joke and I gave it away. You know that yeah, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. And um, then the other thing, but then the other thing that happened is, of course, then when the book came out, Amanda's Wedding came out in the 90s, that was my first book, I was very much pitched as stand-up comic and that was awful because I had done maybe like 25 minute slots on open mic nights that's not being a stand-up comic no, no, no. that's no. not even a hobby and uh, it's barely then, standing up it's, it's barely it. standing yeah. up and then they, they but then they would you know invite me to book festivals and go mm. and now are you ready to laugh <laughs> no 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 but actually having I mean it's well it was useful having done it for one reason obviously help me mm. get a book deal and it was very useful because if you've done it then any other form of public speaking can't bother you it can't no. you know you can't mm. if you stood in front of a beery rugby load of guys trying to make them laugh mm. you know with some people from work who've also come in and perhaps a family member you know nothing's harder than that really. no absolutely it's like swimming in the arctic you know yeah, yeah. everything That's seems it. kind of warm after and that, friendly yes after that and of course yeah. big festival audiences are lovely they're like best man audiences oh <laughs> like the best we've man. had some lovely what times is... at the Hay Festival I'm looking at the people yeah. in the audience going I'm pretty sure you don't know what the fuck this is but you're oh, God bless you you're enjoying you. it anyway yeah, yeah. we had Jeanette Winterson come up to us afterwards going that was oh. wonderful we were like fucking hell like, <laughs> very cool yeah it was super cool it was super cool. cool so going back to your, your book deal then so you did the thing I thought that only happened in movies where you just you just write a book and then you just send it to publishers and then you get a book deal 90s publishing was different time wasn't it it was, do you know I had a kind of reunion with a bunch of older writers like Sophie Kinsella and Jojo Moyes and Lisa Jones stuff and we, we were kind of striving to top each other about ridiculous publishing excesses <laughs> of the 90s they were completely off their box and really what had happened was for years women's commercial fiction was Mills and Boone or it was Jackie Collins rich beautiful people doing rich beautiful stuff and then Helen Fielding really changed everything um, because that column was so funny and it was so real and it really touched a nerve. The Bridget like, Jones. The Bridget, Bridget Jones yeah, yeah. was so monstrous. And then at the same time, Marion was kind of coming up in Ireland. She was with Poolbeg, which was a little Irish publisher, and that started to push out. And it basically, at the same moment, every single publisher in London went, get me one of those. And, you know, mm. and if you were there, literally, I got a massive deal before I'd finished the first. Fortunately, I managed really? to finish the first one. But it was, there was just... It was before things came in where they could even count how many books they'd sold. (laughs) (laughs) They were just swimming. It was the net book agreement was really still holding up. So, you know, they just had a lot of money and they started to fling it at young female 
Waiters, yeah. which doesn't really happen. So, so you mentioned excesses. So was it quite rock and roll? Then? Oh my yeah, goodness! Go on, tell it. Tell us Literally. about the time they brought in a tiger on a gold leash and said, oh, "Here's your Christmas I bonus." I actually did have to leave a massive publishing party because they had it was a some kind of theme and they had like big snakes for people to try on. And I literally, <laughs> Ellie, I walked, you literally predicted this. I <laughs> walked into this kind of huge Egyptian themed thing and saw a big oh snake and literally just a red monster. I'm not, no snake. She's as far as I'm concerned, I can bear. That's incredible. Uh, it was uh, one. It wasn't me, but some American writer came over and they booked Hampton Court. Oh, like Hampton he, Court. Here's Hampton Court. I mean, just nuts. Oh, it oh, was yeah. a different time. No, the reason yeah, I said was, I thought yeah. of Tigers. So I, my background was in video games. I was a video yeah, games yeah. journalist when in the, also in the days when it was rock and roll. And I once went to a press event in Spain. So they flew us all out to Spain. They hired a whole hotel and it was for the Scarface video game. And oh, it was everything, lobsters and people jumping out of helicopters and all of this. And they, um, they had women, naked women, painted as tigers in cages. Oh my God. And I was like... But again, at the time, I even if I'm honest, even I didn't think it was that weird. It was just like it was a pretty standard <laughs> video game. You know, yes. we, we went to a little strip clubs. <laughs> it was just like, oh right, okay. And I said to the PR, like, oh, what's with the? I did, I did think, oh well, you know, I did say, what's with the naked women in the cages? Then and she was like, oh well, uh, apparently we couldn't get real tigers because of animal cruelty laws. And I was like, oh, oh women are fine. Naked women, that's fine. That's, it was a different time. It was a different time. time. It was a different time. But it was, it was an exciting, because um, I remember um, coming over here, when I uh, arrived here, 2006, and I think the first book I read was a, a Sophie Kinsella. And I, there was nothing like that in Australia. And I loved, yeah. I loved that I was sort of like baptised into the culture through the eyes of this brilliant writer. And I, you know, what, I did you have Rolf Harris and Neighbours, basically? That, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that worked out well. But I loved it. And, and, and it was, and it was so, it was so much a celebration of female friendships and the female experience. And it wasn't overly romantic. It was, it was brilliant. And I, 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 I loved it. And it was like watching a comforting film and all that sort of thing. So I, I just thought, oh yes, this is, this is the, uh, these are the books for me. This is actually speaking directly to me. I'm not pretending to be anything but myself. Yeah. Which was refreshing. But did you always, are you, cause you know that thing of like, everybody's got a, book in them or thinks they have I always think I've just got a filthy limerick in me to be honest mm. did you always think yes I want to be a writer yes I've got I've got a novel in me no I mean it, it's I didn't I was a big reader as a child but that you know I'm from a small town in the west coast of Scotland it wasn't something that I considered happened for people like me and I didn't really know how it worked and so and actually weirdly although this sounds mad now but it was actually quite a democratic thing because I didn't know anything in the industry I didn't know how anything worked but you could just go to the library and look up the writers and artists yearbook and just send it mm. to people and photocopy it at work as I did many times apologies mm. um and um it, you know there is a, there is a kind of thing with writing I think that it's not like somebody said once it's not like music where you know some people are really amazing at it and a few people are tone deaf but most people sit in the middle somewhere in terms of where they can get a tune out but with writing you can normally tell very quickly if someone can either do it it may not be your taste or not or you can't do it at all it's a real binary in terms Mm. of Mm. um so it was kind of yeah so it was completely unexpected and actually funnily enough at the time because i was young and of course everything lasts forever and you never think ahead i didn't realize how lucky i was managing to maintain it has been much much 
I wouldn't say harder work, but it's been where you like the Madonna of rom com fiction. Like you, you just keep you just keep going and going. You're just like she's like. Well, no, because Madonna does different stuff all the time. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I tend to stick to variations on comforting things. <laughs> a bit more Kylie, yeah. She's I a love, yeah, I love both of those women. Yeah. Actually, I'd love. Do you know what? I'd love to be matched, but I, there's so few people as fearless as oh, that yeah. woman in mm. uh, in the world. I don't think we even realise now how fully formed and magic she was right from the beginning. Yeah. God, we got to Madonna faster than. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's the Madonna chat done. Good. Yeah, Thank yeah. God for that. Phew. But what's what's your sort of process then? Because like I I read this thing, but I I. I say I like writing, but then I think... I read this thing by Charlie Brooker once about, like, every time you sit down to write an article, um, it's like it's like you'd rather chew corks. Like, you'd rather sit in a dungeon and chew corks, and it seems impossibly hard. And I think Elizabeth Gilbert wrote a thing about... You, you feel like this is... Oh, this is the one where I'm going to get caught out. This is going to be... I'm not going to be able to finish this, and everyone's going to know I'm a fraud, and I've been, I've been doing it all these years. But you have to listen to those voices, and then you kind of have to go... <sighs> Nope, I'm just going to do it anyway, and I'm just going to start typing. Do you have any of that anxiety, or do you just it just flows? Um, there is definitely a bit about three quarters of the way in. So you can set something up that's quite interesting. In the end, you probably you already know it more or less, and that's pretty fast and easy to do. So you know you have your setup, which is fine. You write your way in, and that takes a little while. And then all oh, complications ensue. And then you get to about three quarters of the way through, where you're not quite ready to start resolving things, but you're not going, you know. And that's usually the point where I'm like oh this blows this is never going to work really, yeah. and Andrew's like okay well you know it's big 36 so <laughs> 36 have you done 36 but, bloody hell but um, my friend's husband uh, was a singer he's not now but he sang he was in Les for about two and a half years and I remember saying how do you do that every single night eight mm. times a week for two and a half years it was like, fascinating to me and he said well I'm, I'm a trained singer and therefore my training or my experience means that there's a level beneath which I'm not going to drop Sometimes I might be really good some nights, mm-hmm. but I'm never going to be worse than whatever mm. the line X is. And I always try and keep that in mind. You know, I'm a professional writer. I'm probably not going to be a lot worse than X, whatever X is. Mm. Mm. Uh, I'm saying that, like, that's what I say to my writer friends when they're going through the same thing, yeah. what they say back. <laughs> the fact that I don't going, believe it. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, if you've done it, if you've done it before, you can do it. I'm fascinated. Yeah, I'm fascinated by that as well. Yeah. I read that the blokes in the and we went to see the Lion King and the, and Muf- the guy who plays Mufasa and the guy who plays um, Scar mm. have both been doing that job for over a decade. Yeah. And I'm like, how do you not go yeah. mad? Yeah. They tend they quite often they move them around. Like these guys know, but these they're are the same, same guys. dudes, man. Mm. Do you know? And what? they said they keep each other in check. Like if one of them okay. notices the other one's getting a bit lazy or getting a bit oh, turned, just phoning oh, in, the other one's around. Like yeah. Mufasa's like. Come on, Scar. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah, doing yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> sort it out, mate. You're being unprofessional, you right. prick. Um, like something like that. Do you know? I know with those guys. That's one thing. The ones I always worry me are the the ones with a lot of makeup, like the Wicked Witch or the, yeah, the yeah. Shrek with a head. Well, again, in, in Nine King, these huge headdresses and all that. But I think yeah, you can. Fun. I think they just plong those on. Whereas the, right. the, the the you know the Wicked Witch is literally yeah, painted green, green yeah. twice a day. Oh wow. You know, that's a big thing. I find it quite upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> I would 
probably well, just have it tattooed on. So I've spent more time watching Wicked than I would normally have I've chosen seen, to I've seen it three times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you it's know really... what? The people in Wicked are sitting around now going, Jenny Colgan's written 36 books. How does she do it? How does she put <laughs> yes, pen to Miserable life. Endless treadmill she must be on. Actually, do you know what? Annie came to have to take the kids, my daughter particularly, to all the musicals, and Annie came and... Um, her and her wee friend they loved it so much but the kids on stage were little too they're all like 11, 12 yeah. and they all sing songs about how terrible it is being in a workhouse and I'm like it's 9 o'clock at night on a Tuesday <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> guys you're yeah. in a workhouse I don't know how to and they're earning like 40 quid oh they? didn't you yeah. have a night oh. yeah yeah I, I heard that um, kids in the West End they get about 45 quid a night oh my god and yeah. they're, they're there from well, like just to have their entire adult life ruined five, <laughs> five, yeah from 5pm to what like 12 o'clock every night <laughs> It is a hard knock line. It is. But, you know, they're beating down the door. Everyone wants their kids in the West End. And then, I don't. I think I'll think My oh. kids are so untalented and I am so grateful. <laughs> there's, there's nothing wrong with a mediocre child. There's absolutely nothing wrong. <laughs> or indeed a mediocre adult. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's just, you know. Life's easier in many ways. Oh, I, I believe so. Yeah, but but yeah. Jenny's not mediocre. No, no. She's, she's sold millions no. of books. And do you, with everyone, do you ever like, do you, right, number 36, that's done. Do you, like... Do you just know that another idea is going to pop up, or do you, do you like do you go out there like a mind? Do you know what I mean? Because I sometimes, if we're trying to write jokes, we'll go out in my everyday life, and I'll be a bit more on it. Do you know what I mean? Be like looking for things that are funny, or like just paying attention, or writing more things down. Is it like that, or do they just pop into It'll your brain? Come. You know, you give it to. Although I had a file for uh, spring twenty four. And I hadn't, and I thought, oh, I'm going to check the file. I've got a book to write before Spring 24, but I thought, oh, I'll go and take a look at a file. And I opened the file up and it just says, really big fire. <laughs> <laughs> no! Burn the shit down. It's okay. Down. So I, I started your um, recent book about the island wedding. And I love that there's, there's, there's you know, obviously your your observations are amazing, but I love that you talked about women doing cold water swimming. And there's this fantastic line where you're like, oh, and they talk about it, and there's this big hive, and then they just pop into the sea for five minutes. We just call that swimming. <laughs> it's so, it made me unwell laughing. It was so acutely kind of observed. But but like obviously, but that's what people are talking about. Everyone fucking banging on about, oh, I didn't see cold sea, but how long? Two minutes. All right, yeah. It's not. Really <laughs> it's not. I'm um, maybe that this is going to make me sound like a very old sort of Victorian <laughs> idiot, but I don't understand that. Why? Why? why I'd like polyamory, and if you're into it, good for you. Don't yuck someone's yum. Yeah, it's just it's, it's swinging, though, isn't it? It's swinging. It's, it's, swinging. it's, it's just swinging. putting your bits or having someone else's bits in you. That's yeah. not your husband or wife. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's just mashing your genitals. I find that as I got older, I find that really adorable. But all and I realised that our elders thought that about us. All these new things yeah. that the kids yeah. keep doing. <laughs> Polly and oh my god, yeah. you won't believe this, right? He was totally wearing like a girl's thing. Yeah. But you know, then there was a boys thing and oh, they're, they're so adorable and it's like, oh that's yeah. been around forever. Oh What's the difference oh. between a fax and an email? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. It's the same thing, isn't it? Oh, it, just, it just sounds like a lot of admin polyamory. Oh, so much. You know, one partner's enough work and then to, to manage lots and in ins and outs. Oh, I can't how many holes have these people got? That's what I'm saying mm. to you. Oh, I just I was watching oh god some stupid it doesn't even matter what it was someone was off to commit adultery and he says to his wife right I'm just going I'm, I'm going out to the chemist and she goes okay I'm like whose relationship is that oh you're going to the chemist right could you pick up this <laughs> <laughs> who just says I'm just going out now in a relationship and, no and that's the end of it 
Oh, I suppose so. I'd be like, why? Why have you got a Veruca what? Cup? What's the matter with you? Yeah, which matter? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You've got an STD oh, you want to tell me about? one of the kids yeah. because they've got something coming out of their yeah. eye and I've been ignoring it for ages. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I can. need some canister, <laughs> some night pads. Oh my yeah. God. Oh my, okay, we better replace the toothbrushes. You know, in, yeah. in what world are you just able to see? I'm just, no, po- I'm just popping out for a minute. No one goes to the shops anymore. We all get everything delivered in a brown box. Exactly. Like, as well. It's instant suspicion. Absolutely. Yeah. Ellie, Ellie always says, like, if Pete brings her flowers spontaneously, like, she's like, he's having an affair. He's, he's done something he's nice. Something. <laughs> something. He can't, something. can't be, like, just nice. There's, there's got to be a reason why, he's, why he wants something. Yeah. That's like the kids are, kids are like that, though. They're like, mummy. I'm like, what do you want? What do you fucking want? I've, I've been a parent now for nearly 14 years. Whenever they're nice, they want money or something new. That's just what I've learned. Well, I also find that if one of them's got into trouble for something, the others are particularly nice. Because oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> sweet. Like yeah. to, uh, you know, really just show who's oh, very yeah. much the best kid around these parts that's oh. not the one that's in his room. And, yeah. you, and you had, you've and you got three children, so you've got to manage three ex... Like Ellie and I have just done the median. We've done we've done two kids. But you've got to manage three lots of expectations and, and who's the good one and who's who's. Well, the nice up. thing is once you hit three, there's no expectations because none of that is possible. <laughs> you should them down for Christmas. You can't balance three... Small people's desires at any one time. Oh, I so like you this just, theory. You just have to then oh, so you just pick forward. your favourite two at any given moment, and the other one. You've only got two hands, really. So obviously, this is it. Yeah. That's it. Well, if we're going yeah. back to polyamory, <laughs> how many hands? How many holes? <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit Sophie's choice, uh, isn't it? Oh well, this yeah. one will do right now. That's fine. Right now. But you do get into kind of a more sergeant major mm. way of kind of you know. Okay, yeah, apologies if we've talked about this before, but I saw this thing on the internet where um, this woman's kids said to her, they think she had three or more kids, and they said, "Oh, which one is your favourite?" You know, like they did, "Which one's your favourite?" And she said, "I didn't lie to them. Just I love you all equally," which we're all supposed to say. She said, um, "It just depends which one of you is pissing me off the least that there day, and it changes." From day to day, and I thought, "Wow, that's." I, I mean, I, I don't know if that's how we say to children, but it's it's nice and honest, isn't it? It's yeah. pretty strong. Do you know my eldest, who was my trickiest, and when I got, you know, I said, "Well, you know, I love you all the most," and I say, "But I've loved you the longest." Oh, <laughs> that's just factual. No one can yes, argue. Exactly, with you can argue with that. No, yeah. exactly right. Did you meet your husband in a sort of classic romantic comedy? Do you know what? Way. I did, and it's oh, here so we go. Stupid. Oh, it's not stupid. It was lovely, but it was daft. I nearly got married to somebody else, uh, um, and we were on the brink of getting engaged. And he was, he was a delight, and he was the most perfect. Particularly for my mother, my mother's family was very poor, and it was really important to her that we grew up and had, you know, piano lessons and, and went to. I was the first to go to university and stuff. My mother's father couldn't read. Um, and you know, so she was a crashing and brilliant snob. She was a force of nature, my mum, uh, all her life. And then I met this chap who was super duper posh, like unbelievably. We could have got married in St Paul's, super mm. posh, stucco in Kensington, charming. First time he met her, he took her out to Fortnum's for tea. You know, she oh, loved he him. Tick the box. He yes. loved her. Everything was very hunky dory as far as my mother was concerned. <laughs> And I just knew it wasn't quite right. And I was 30. And, uh, you know. And then 9-11 happened. And that kind of triggered a lot of people to kind of go, oh, right, what's, you know, what is is this going to be? And So did you have that sense of, oh, of mortality or what was it? Not so much. It was just like, I really like this guy and I don't think that's enough. Um, um, I felt that really strongly that I don't think, I, I like him and I respect him and he's clearly a good man. 
but I don't think that's going to be enough, which actually is one of the few wise decisions I made <laughs> in my youth. And so we broke up and then I went on a girls' holiday with a couple of girlfriends in, so that was in September. And then in January, we went to Florida because it was the hottest place we could find in Florida. And the first night we were there, we ran into some girls in the bar and they said, oh, yeah, okay, well, we work in New York. We're having a party there tomorrow night. Do you want to come? Why we doesn't that happen to us, Helen? Nobody uh, ever invites us to a party on a yacht when we're in Florida. But I, I, I feel like you're writing, you started writing romantic comedies and then your life became well, a romantic comedy. This, this is, it gets slightly, because I don't right, believe here in... We go. Come on, like, like, I need Sorry. The, I need I, this. I, I, I interrupted. I live for this shit. Yeah. I yeah. do not believe in fate and I do not believe everything happens to reason, for a reason. Correct. In fact, I think that's one of the most offensive things you can say to anyone. I agree. That's what Ellie, I always Ellie, say. You're, you're speaking Ellie's truth I here. really, I really I get very upset. Yeah, I'm um, However, we were drunk that night, <laughs> obviously, and then we were on the South Beach in Miami the next day. South Beach is huge. It's about 20 miles huge. It's absolutely huge. We were sitting there. We're like, did we meet those girls last night? Whatever. Forgot all about it. They cycled past again. And they stopped and they said, you're coming to that party today, aren't you? And of course, we'd been drunk. We didn't have phones. We hadn't written anything down. Uh, so they wrote it down and we did go. And I have a photograph of, it's a really banal looking photograph, developed at Boots, uh, of a guy standing behind a bar. And it was it's Andrew the five seconds before we met. <gasps> oh, oh, Jenny, that's gorgeous. this kind of hot looking barman, as I thought. And then it turned out he wasn't. He was the ship's engineer and he showed us around the ship. And I was just like, you are super hot, which he is. And so what but what was it like was it like lightning bolt like I'm gonna marry him or was it like oh he's well, just I'd like to just no, have a little go on you know, him below like the galley or whatever yeah, what's right. sh- is that a galley is that a thing on ship it's the case <laughs> yeah. but that's very much not where you would do it because there's a million people in there every anyway uh, so I called him and we met for dinner with a bunch of friends a bunch of people and then we met just the two of us the next day and I remember walking towards him that night in a kind of oyster bar in South Beach and seeing him before he saw me and I just went shit this is the least convenient he's a Kiwi he's not even American you know we were in America I had a life in London I had a job waiting for me in LA which I ended up not taking and it was this is the least convenient and also he was rough as arses he was literally my mother's worst nightmare left school at 14 you know a couple of nights in prison all that kind of and I was just like I am in such deep shit here I didn't go home at the end of the holiday because they found me a berth on ship, so we took the boat back across the Atlantic, which is, and by the time you've done that, it's very close quarters, you very much, it was a done deal by the time yeah, we got yeah. to Gibraltar. And oh my God. Do you remember there used to be those tabloid news stories about like 14 year olds that go on holiday to Tunisia and marry a waiter by mistake? <laughs> yeah. That is how I was treated by not just my family, by oh. everyone. Everyone. So silly girl, Jen. So I've broken up with a lovely man in September. Come back in January. Oh, I've met this guy and he's the guy, you know? And everyone's like, you've gone out of your fucking mind. What does he do? Oh, he's a sailor. Good. You know? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's one step up from a pirate. Uh, (laughs) Oh, my God. Everybody went bananas. Even my nearest and dearest went nuts about it. My mother was impossible about it. Anyway, yeah, well, it didn't matter because that was 22-odd years ago. And wow. we are happy as life. So there we go. Oh, my God, everyone was terrible. And actually, it was really sad. In fact, this is a good warning to everyone out there with older kids mm. because my mother was not nice to him. 
Oh, she when turned. When she met him, she wasn't like super rude or anything, but she was very much like, you know, what's your five-year plan kind oh, of, you know, a little really? bit like that. Yeah. And, you know, he never quite forgave her for that because it was not, yeah. it was just not nice. And it certainly was not anything like the way his parents were with me. Mm. And, you know, until she died, they never had a relationship that they might have been able to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and my dad are very close. And the same with, uh, you know, anyway. So No, I like that. Let that be a lesson to Mm. you. Anybody, (coughs) anyone your kid brings through the door or Ellie, any six people your kid brings through the door. (laughs) (laughs) Be super nice to them because it might be that you don't know. What about Mm. people your best friend brings through the door? Do you get to judge them? Ooh. Yes. Ellie's only met a couple. You've met, what, three of them? Oh. The ones I've met, I've liked very much. One of them brought me a box of Ferrero Rocher, which yes. I thought was delightful. I approve of that. Yes, very, that was a very sweet gesture. Yeah, that was very nice. I think any form of thoughtfulness like that is a brilliant sign. Mm. Yeah. It literally just... In fact, I remember the first night Andrew had spent... We'd spent together in Miami and my friends were kind of around the swimming pool doing that kind of tee-hee mm. stuff, you know, as he left. And he went over to say hi to them and chat to them. And I thought, oh, all right, mm. okay, you're all right. Yeah, yeah. And you and you ever fancied turning your story into a into a novel based, or an autobiography, indeed? Uh, no, no, not really. I, I think I did write a book with a yacht in it at one point and it didn't... You know, what, what I kind of am trying to do is be... James Herriot or Maeve Binchy or right nice warm worlds that you feel very at home in and Mm. actually yachting it's very sterile it's very ridiculous it's not very you know a lot of it's not very nice yeah yeah Um, it's certainly not warm and comforting so that's a conscious decision like do you Mm. ever think oh should I put a bit of politics in here or feminism or stuff like that or and then, and then, what you do that, or what, how does that work? How, how do you I, keep I the world put, comforting for your regular readers? I wouldn't put politics in it, mm. but certainly I wouldn't write in a non-feminist character. If I did, that they would be a baddie. You know, they're all about women taking charge of their own lives. That's fundamentally what they're about. But also, I have, you know, there's not tons and tons of social media in my books. There's quite without being heavy-handed about it, but you know, I find the childhood reading I did things like Little Women and Needful Eyes. You know, there's a lot of they're quite moral mm. that sounds ridiculous wholesome mm. is a word that i like oh so what's next more more books more colgan yeah i am what am i doing? i'm going on tour in norway bit of that probably nipping over to the us and doing some bits and pieces and then working on christmas next year which is kind of it's kind of sorted in my head already so mm. it's hopefully gonna be quite straightforward and i tend to write christmasy ones around Christmas yeah, otherwise it's quite hard to remember I know people do if they're making Christmas albums they do it in the hot summer and stuff but I find it easier it's not the same you want want to eat it with the mince pie and a warm warm drink it's easy to remember the stupid stuff like if you've got enough Batteries, you know, just bullshit stuff you need at Christmas. You know what it smells <laughs> Double-sided like. tape. That's, yeah, yeah <laughs> that kind of annoying. Oh, no, something glitter in the wrapping paper. Yeah. You know? So it's kind of slightly easier, although mm. it gives you quite a tight, you know, they tend to like a year to get a book out, so it makes it quite tight. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. 
We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, I think it's time, Helen, don't you? I think it's time for the Scummy Mummy Confessions. Marvellous, oh. marvellous. Okay, oh gosh, oh, this is the one we tell because it's so stupid and Excellent. awful. We have a room, a little room above the kitchen that doesn't really, isn't used for anything. And so we had a TV set up there with uh, the Xbox for the boys. So that's lock where they them can away. go. Excellent. And they can lock them away and they can stink up the place and play computer games, it's fine. And our eldest was just he wasn't a bad he never did anything bad as a teenager he never got into trouble he never felt anxiety you know he didn't do anything bad but he was and he didn't answer us back he was mm. just sullen and like oh whatever you know or just you know that mm. kind of thing and um it was andrew's away at sea and he was just winding me up and I went into the Xbox room and oh my god would he put the freaking thing down to you know and I was so cross I said I'm going to turn this thing off and I whacked the TV not realising that it wasn't attached to anything whereupon it immediately fell over and smashed (laughs) and I had had broken this is not the end of the story (laughs) I had broken the telly and of course my kid is like, oh, for God's sake, man, look what you've done. I kill you, I kill you. Uh, so that was, I was so embarrassed. I was like, oh, God, you know, I just got so angry with him. Yeah. Mm. And anyway, so I went and I told Andrew, he's like, oh, for goodness sake, you know, as it happens, he, because he has to fix all the tech on the boat he inherits. Also, we had like a stack of like three tellies in the garage. <laughs> um, so he came back from sea a week or so later and he, put the you know the new telly up and then it's fine and a couple of nights later that's Wallace something and Wallace was doing the same thing again I've been really surly and not communicative and he broke the TV again oh, oh my god oh no it's, so we have to tell it as a story because otherwise it's so horrifically yeah, it's yeah, yeah. embarrassing no no you get it out get we it out can we do it can I just be we didn't throw it at him or anything no 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 <laughs> the fact we both got so frustrated and the thing is it wasn't anything it was a Teenage kid being a teenage yeah, you've got to, you just listen. Yeah, you know, oh, that smash. awfulness and that awfulness being so expensive not once but twice into it. And also the funny things, you know how you do 
tag parenting so one yeah. parent will get really cross now they'll be like look calm down for god's sake it's yeah, yeah. nothing comfort, we're just kissing comfort. kids it's yeah. fine it's fine yeah. it's fine it's fine and then the next time it's them and it's you yeah. going you're completely overreacting <laughs> oh, oh my god no. for the two of us to do it in the space of a fortnight was oh, and you know no. what now he is uh, my eldest is working in Australia and I we miss him terribly and, and all of that stuff they're not around for that long uh, Thorn do you have one for us this week uh, I was in Edinburgh we met mm. you, uh, lovely Jenny, at uh, at the TV uh, festival. Anyway, um, as as I'm a single lady, I had, I had a little date. I had a date with a with a with a nice Italian. No, I like the Italians. Uh, anyway, so I uh, met him. Ellie and her dad went met out. him. Is that what we're calling it now? Yeah. <laughs> I, caught, I caught up with him. Had a little chat. We had, we had a drink uh, in Bisto Square, uh, and uh, there was. Oh, oh, I should show him the flat. Um, it's a lovely flat. Uh, we'll go back for a cup of tea. And um, anyway, we're having a cup of tea, and I, I I messaged Ellie going, "You and your dad still out?" And and what did you reply? Well, I just went, "Oh yeah, just I'm just watching a show. Uh, don't know, yeah, yeah, yeah." And then like I didn't think, I just didn't think, because I would be like, because this is the thing. To be fair to Helen, this whole dating thing is quite new to you. Oh yeah, I'm I'm very naive. I'm very, I don't know what I'm so, doing. I don't know if you were in your twenties, you'd be like. You'd message your flatmates, wouldn't you? And be like, oh, I'm bringing a bloke back to the flat or whatever. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So I didn't... And I was a bit pissed. So I didn't think anything I of think it. We didn't have mobiles in our 20s. Well, no, that's oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she said, that's some smoke too. Yeah, she yeah, does yeah. released. We'd find a working telephone box and a yeah. 10 pence piece. <laughs> but I... And also, I tend to just sort of say what I mean, whereas Helen could be a bit more sort of genteel. And so <laughs> it was only about like an hour later. My da- and then my dad was like oh, I'm going to go back home early, like, I'll see you later, I'm going to go back to the flat. And I said, okay, fine. And it was like a while after that that I suddenly went, oh, no, I wanted to know if we were coming. But I I thought she was maybe saying, do you want to meet for a drink? No, she was going, saying, I'm taking back to the flat. And now my dad's going back to the flat. And it was like one of those films, (laughs) like... (laughs) But I I tried to message Dad, and no, it just didn't didn't happen. So then what happened, Helen? Uh, Well, I thought I said to my Italian friend, I I think we're about to have company. So um, we finished our tea quite quickly. And then... (laughs) tea towels back on um and then rushed out down the flat stairs and then who should we meet at the bottom of the stairs but ellie's dad yeah. and what like, did my dad do <laughs> ellie's dad shook his hand i heard your dad on the podcast with lucy making sausages and- oh, oh yes yes <laughs> it's very hard to ignore oh. um but oh, yes it was it was very um polite and I was like but yeah so um I had a, I had a runny nose so the lovely Italian man he said oh, I'll give you my my grandfather's handkerchief please not like, sniffing please stop sniffing I'm no longer aroused <laughs> <laughs> and, and so he said oh so so I still have the handkerchief and he said oh I'll, I'll come back and we'll meet but he he lives in Venice and he's he was a touring manager for a dance company are, are you not she, just, she says that I think his name was Duncan and he's from yeah, Norwich yeah yeah and he just I'm you know, Macalda yeah. Davide yeah <laughs> I think he works in a warehouse <laughs> you know but he just he do just, you know though I did it has not often but a friend of mine is recently single mm. and after being in a very very long time relationship I was like do you know what if that was me now mm. I would Sleep with a man from every country in the world. I'm, I'm trying, Jenny. I'm trying. I, I seem to get stuck Does on Italian. You, know, you get one life. 
Yeah, yeah. Portuguese, very good. French, excellent. Mm-hmm. When I was, very when I was backpacking in my 20s and we used to like go around sort of Southeast Asia doing all sorts, we used to have a game we used to call the European Snog Contest. <laughs> <laughs> where we'd go out of an evening and see what we could find, well, shall we say. Because I, I lived in the Netherlands for two years mm. and I was like, you know, God forbid... Obviously, mm. God forbid anything should happen to my husband that I love very much. However, if God However, forbid, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, the men in the Netherlands—they're all seven foot tall. They've all been raised by arch feminist mothers. They Excellent. all cycle everywhere. They're all super laid back. They all say what they mean because that's what you do in the Netherlands. And they're high. It's, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I'm just saying, a mini bear guy, you know. Ooh, I think that's... the noise of the clogs would annoy me. <laughs> Well, now we've reduced an entire nation to an outdated stereotype. I think, I think that's all we've got to yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Is there anything you want to plug, Jenny, before you go? Where can people follow you? That sort of thing. Uh, the You can find me at Jenny Cogan on Twitter and that writer Jenny Cogan on Instagram because I did that classic Instagram thing of locking myself out in an irrevocable no, no. way with my original name. <laughs> uh, and the paperback of the Christmas bookshop should be hitting your stills now. And it's a really, it's about Edinburgh and it's very kind of poking fun at oh. the kind of heritage side of Edinburgh. And during lockdown, Edinburgh got really snowy and I thought, oh yeah. That's this gorgeous. Nice. So, and yet, and what a lovely gift for people. I like, I like getting books like that. Yes. That's a, that's a cozy I can't. Yeah, you'd mm. have to be really very cross not to like it a little bit. Yeah, oh, brilliant. Meanwhile, of course, if you want to come see our show, just go to scummymummies.com for dates and tickets. We've got um, tickets up until, or shows, I should say, up until twenty twenty three. So come along. Ooh. Yes. Thank you very much, Jenny, oh, for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Until oh, next time. Excellent. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Oh, oh, thank you so much, Jenny. Oh, so what's, what, I love how we didn't actually talk about the children at all. It's been a delight. Oh. No, we've, we've sort of I moved on a lot for of that. time talking about my children. I know yeah. we, we get we get bored of it. We've been doing this for nearly ten years. This podcast, of course, and we're, that's and we're right. like, I know I couldn't believe it when I was scrolling through. You've seen everyone. We've it's had a lovely time. time. It's been a lifetime. <laughs> it's been Great. a long ten years. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Listen. 